Welcome to the Language of Ahava podcast, a podcast for families with young children. So what happens when a rabbi and an early childhood teacher walk into a podcast? I think it's going to be fun, and I'm sure it's going to be about connections. Hi, I'm Karen DeWister, and I'm the early childhood teacher. And I'm David Steinhardt. I'm the senior rabbi at B'nai Torah Congregation. Every conversation that I have with Karen is always fascinating and leads to new ideas. So joining together with Karen, making connections together is really what our goal is. I thank you because what the perspective that you bring to my world and my experiences from the Torah, from tradition, from community, um, from parenthood and grandfatherhood, it's all magnificent. So here comes our podcast. Uh, we'll be posting every other Friday just before Shabbat because we want to make these connections with you. And when you give a little ahava, you make this world a better place. I'm ready, Karen. Let's get going. Here we go. Hi, everyone. This is the final episode of the Language of Ahava podcast season. Thank you to all of our spectacular guests, to all of our listeners. It's been a fun year, and I have enjoyed every one of these conversations with Rabbi Steinhardt. Um, I look forward to continuing this conversation in many new ways next year and in the months ahead. So please, everyone um, with young children who cares about a Jewish family and Jewish community, message us and tell us what you'd like to hear and see more of, because we are here to carry on this conversation with you. Uh, but today, our finale is We Are the Dad. And I couldn't be more excited to bring all the dads together. And these particular dads are my favorite dads because I know that they parent with thoughtfulness, with huge, open, loving hearts. And I know they deeply care about raising children who are equally thoughtful and loving. So bravo to these dads in particular and to all of our dad listeners. Um, we, we were very excited to have you today, but let's check in with Rabbi Steinhardt. How's your week been, Rabbi? Um, it's been a good week. You know, there's a lot of good stuff happening, and the synagogue is really becoming alive again in ways that we haven't seen it for a couple of years. So it's been great. To see everybody together, to celebrate with music, yeah, to yeah. celebrate. Yeah. I'm just hoping that the next uh, strain of the virus stays away for a while or doesn't affect us very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Us too. We're putting up the shield. Yeah, we need we need at least some time to connect. So, yeah. Well, let me introduce our dads for you. We have Jamie Eisenberg, dad of three boys, and those boys range from preschool to school age. So he's got a big perspective on this because I know he was asking those dad questions when they were little, at littler. And we also have Carl Kaufman, who is representing the only dad of a daughter on the podcast, um, but two family time age children. They haven't even started school yet. So there, there are, there's a big parenting road ahead for him, I know. And, and if he gets to turn up, we will have Peter Berger here as well. So Jamie, I'm going to kick it off with you because um, you're the experienced young dad in, on this podcast. And so what I want to know is just a really open question on what's your dad life like? Like, how do you give that, oh, that broad perspective of what it feels like to be a dad? Second part of the question is the Jewish part of the question. And that is, how much does being a Jewish family or a Jewish dad influence your day-to-day -day choices 
um, and values. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, well, first off, you know, the whole thing you said about, um, you know, great dads, Carl, I'm sure qualifies. I'll, I'll, I'll move out of the way at some point when, you know, I'll just be a stand-in for whoever the replacement is. But um, <laughs> um, in, in regards to the, the first question, um, I think, you know, you just kind of, you know, at least my, my mindset is, you know, you, you want to put your kids in the best position to succeed. And so, you know, that's kind of what I try to think about with everything that they do. You know, my kids are really involved in sports, obviously academics, um, you know, their Judaics, you know, what, what, what they take part in, you know, in terms of Hebrew school, or religious school, at least the two older ones. Um, obviously, Simon, um, my, my little guy is still at preschool at, at you know, um, at Benet. And so, you know, just trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, everything that I do for them or, you know, hopefully they do for themselves, you know, like you mentioned, you know, having school age kids, um, you know, homework is a challenge. Uh, their, their schoolwork is a challenge. You know, my oldest one, Ronan, is nine, will be 10 at the end of the month. Uh, Eli is seven. And then, as you mentioned, Simon is four. So for the two older ones, it's, you know, trying to keep them on track with what they do in their classroom and, and what they do um, with all of their, you know, various activities. Um, and so, again, I think just the, the mindset would be, you know, putting them in the best position to succeed and how, you know, not just obviously me, but my wife, Allison, you know, our, our, our goal is to, you know, put them in, in the best positions possible and, and help them as best we can. And then in terms of the second part of the question, you know, I, I think it's not necessarily something that's discussed. It, it's more just, I think, the way that we try to live our lives. Um, you know, I, I think we've been blessed to be part of a good community. Um, you know, certainly it comes a little bit more from, from my wife's side, as I'm sure Rabbi Steiner can attest, uh, knowing my, my mother-in-law as well as he does with uh, Lori Brenner and, um, and, and Allison, you know, who he's, he's watched since she was, you know, in high school. Um, you know, they, they certainly uh, provide a, a good base. My, my wife provides a, a good base. And, you know, I just try to follow her lead, to be honest. Um, you know, but I, I think it's just keeping, you know, trying to keep our kids in, in, the, in the frame of mind of, you know, this is what we do in our house. This is how we, you know, try to respect other people. And, you know, it comes from, you know, I think a foundation of being attached to, you know, such a great Jewish community that we have at, at B'nai Torah and certainly with the, uh, the leadership of Rabbi Steinhardt, Rabbi Englander, uh, who we'll, we'll, we'll deeply miss, um, you know, when, once, he, uh, once he decides to, to leave um, or when, you know, when, when his last day is at, at, uh, at, at the shul. Uh, but in any event, you know, um, just, you know, using that, that foundation as a, as a basis of, you know, kind of guiding, you know, who we are and, and who our kids, you know, hopefully become. Yeah, what I hear from you, and I want to kick it back to Rabbi Steinhardt, because it's what I sort of imagined the struggle is when you're a dad of a young child. And Rabbi mentioned it before we started rolling. And that is when they're little and you want the best, you don't know how those dots are going to connect. So given that being the dad and the parent through uncertainty and, and hoping and doing your best, Rabbi, you can look back now um, at choices well made. And at, so please help us create, fix, fix that circle. I was kind of taken by uh, Jamie's comment about doing your best to prepare your kids for success. And I think that there, we need to have clarity. And I think Jamie does, by the way, and I'm sure Carl does also on what that means about success. So both you want them to engage in kind of the learning and the development of skills that will allow them to succeed. You know, you want to help them with the interpersonal relationships and the challenges they have in the house with teachers, with their classmates, et cetera, that that's part of it too. But then I think also, you know, I, I've always, I always felt this with my kids when they got to a certain point that their success will depend on two thing, a few things. One of the things I felt is they have to 
understand that they're going to have to work hard at whatever they choose to be or to do. And that I'm not going to push them in a particular, on a particular path, but rather going to respect the path that they take. And the other thing is that they have to be comfortable within themselves, you know, that you want them to have a sense of security and you want them and they don't know your kids aren't always happy, but you want them to be happy. And that, that, that sense of happiness or fulfillment comes from a, a sense of self, right? And so that as a parent, then it wasn't just that I tried to model hard work, but I also, and I didn't try to model um, vulnerability, for example, but I was honest with my kids. And so if things were hurting me, I would tell them without overdoing it, without being narcissistic about my own self and my own needs. But I wanted them to, their, their success would depend also on emotional development, emotional evolution. I can get to the religious stuff a little bit later, but I think that, that was, that's really important, that they see their fathers as caring, loving, feeling human beings, that that stuff doesn't just come from their moms, but that it also comes from, it, it can also be the sign of a very strong man. Thank you. I, yeah. I mean, I, I agree and I will tell you, being here at B'nai Torah for the last 19 years, what I know, if there was a stereotype to be made about Jewish dads, it is men with heart and it is hands-on dads. And so I am here to say, I think it is part of the culture and the role modeling. Um, but let's kick it over to Carl. And uh, what's your dad life like? or anything you'd like to respond to that's been said. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, dad life has been a challenge, obviously, in the age of COVID. Um, it, uh, especially with two very young children, can't get vaccinated and a lot of questions about socializing and what is the right thing to do? Should we take them out of this protective bubble that we've created for them? But it's also been very rewarding because I get to spend a lot of time with them being home and seeing them grow up in these very precious early years. Uh, one thing I learned or am still learning as a, as a new father, relatively new father, is that uh, you have to keep your ego checked a little bit because with the kids, it's all about mama, 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 mama. And every now and then, you know, the 12th thing out of their mouth might be a dad dad. And it's nice, it's nice to, to hear that 12th data, but it's not required. You, know, you have to know that, that a mother plays a very, very important role in a young child's life. And you have to step out of the way and be supportive as best you can and know that those moms are working overtime to, uh, to satisfy their children and, and their needs. And we have to kind of just uh, step in when required. James, does it change a little bit when they become a little bit older? Oh, no, they still want their mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that's very much the case. I, I think the, you know, the things that, that I would see evolve is the activities you do with them and, you know, the involvement you have with, uh, you know, as, as schoolwork becomes, a, you know, a focal point of their lives, you know, and, and sort of how you, you know, become a helping hand, uh, you know, but I, I think, you know, I, I would assume um, just from the conversations, like you mentioned, Karen, that, that we had before we started, you know, taping and um you know i, I would imagine carl is, is part of a good partnership I, I would like to think i'm part of a good partnership you know and, and that's mm -hmm. 
you know, I think that comes, you know, so while they may want, want mommy a little bit more, more so, and that is a, a little bit of a blow to an ego sometimes, um, as, as they get older, you know, I think they start to realize, and I think Rabbi Steinhardt indicated this earlier, you know, that um, especially as you, you said, Karen, you know, being part of uh, the, the dads that you've, you've seen, you know, I, I've certainly seen, you know, in my years at, at Benator and, um, you know, th there is a lot of dads that, that are uh, not just, you know, the stereotypical dads, you know, there are a lot of dads. I remember you, you having a conversation with myself and uh, Brian Drouse about how, you know, dads have changed. And this was going back to when Ronan and Jackson were, you know, going through, uh, you know, as early as family time, but certainly they were there, you know, for preschool. And, you know, you kind of, you know, made me realize that uh, all the dads that, that, you know, I coach with, you know, various sporting events with, you know, their, their kids, my kids and their friends, um, how just giving they are, you know, and I think that's a, a testament to, you know, the, the program you established and, you know, the, the, the school there and just how, how much it, it sort of brings, uh, brings dads into the fold, um, you know, to, you know, give us an opportunity to, you know, show a different side of things that, that maybe, again, what the stereotypical father might be. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys have been hands-on and, and you've, I mean, I love your stories when Allison's traveling and you're doing the home juggle. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the other part of the ego crushing is, you know, we have this ideal of who we want to be in front of our children and then it all falls apart on a regular basis. So, you know, and Rav, I use that word, you know, I'm going to be real and honest without being narcissistic. And so, you know, being a parent, really shatters our, our our perfectionists or or the idealism that we we want to give to our kids <laughs> rabbi no go go on i don't have a comment here i, I agree <laughs> with what you guys are saying and, and i really appreciate what you're saying also i i think you are vulnerable and real and hands-on and i think the, the the real question so the the dad community um, let's let's touch on that a little bit because, you know, I think that we all understand that moms have a mom network, um, and I. But I think you guys are connected um, in ways that past generations. You know, Jamie, your friends at school age are your preschool family time friends in that in that parent in some overlap. So, how much support do you think you get from peers? Um, and from the communities in which you are parenting it? Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, I, I still obviously have a lot of, you know, friendships from, you know, growing up, college, uh, you know, work relationships, all those things. Um, and I'm looking at my phone and like all the different text chains and there's some, you know, connection in, in one way or another to, uh, to B'nai Torah, you know, from from Ronan's group, from, from Eli's group, you know, and, uh, you know, just the, the, the sporting activities probably are the most, you know, uh, prevalent, you know, in terms of how I'm connected with them. But, um, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I, I coach my, my kids in, in various sporting events, you know, with uh, uh, Ronan, uh, Matt Flax, uh, who's got, you know, I, I think it's 55 kids that have been through Vene Torah. Um, it's only four, but it seems like they have many, many more. Uh, the Flax family, which is fantastic. Happy birthday, Matt, by the way. Um, uh, that, he and I coach two different teams together because our kids are friends. Um, Eli's group, uh, Kevin Sobel, <laughs> Eric Moskov, Tom Ferraro, um, Peter Berger, who, you know, we, we spent a lot of time coaching soccer together. I, I have, uh, I, I, you know, for, for those of you who don't know me, I, I deal with fantasy football, uh, mostly for CBS sports. 
Um, I run various father-son fa uh, fantasy football leagues uh, that are not just exclusive to fathers or sons, but that's just kind of the way that it's fallen in, um, where it's almost exclusively, especially for Eli's group, um, all dads from, you know, uh, it's in some walk uh, of uh, some, some time frame, uh, one or another that, that their kids have been through B'nai Torah, whether it's family time or preschool or members of the shul. And so it just, uh, it, it's, it's an inner working that has just grown. Um, and I'm so thankful for, and, you know, it, it, it comes from, I think like you, you referenced, uh, it's not just like, you know, moms have their mom groups, you know, and, and, and the stereotype of PTO moms and all those things. And, and, and certainly those are fantastic. Um, but we've been lucky enough to establish a, a group of uh, fathers, and I hope the same thing happens for you, Carl, um, where, you know, it, they've become, you know, the, what I hope is lifelong friends. And, you know, I look forward to our kids' activities, to play dates, to sporting events, because not just the opportunity to see my kids in, in those settings, but also to see those families. It's not just the fathers, it's the families. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Rabbi Steiner, you, you probably aren't, uh, you know, in the, the, the school part of it in the mornings. I walk through the school and I have 20 people say, hey, Coach Jamie, hey, Coach Jamie. And I, I have to look and see, you know, who it is because um, it, and it's fascinating to me, you know, and, and uh, that's the other side of it, the ego boost. Um, but, you know, you get you get that from all these kids that I, I've had the opportunity to, to be with because of these families and the connections that I make uh, in such a wonderful place. I'd like to say something uh, to that, which is, it's, this is an observation having, you know, been a rabbi as I've been a rabbi for like 39 years now. And that is when, um, at least in our movement, when we began to move from it being totally, you know, male dominated in terms of all the ritual and the board of the synagogue, and then women began to participate much more fully. What I saw and what I was concerned about was that men were retracting and that the, the, Unity was, it was only women and mothers that were coming forward in terms of doing the work of the community and the ritual of the community, et cetera. And now I see it, I see it, um, it, it's balancing again, you know, the pendulum is swinging. And so now I'm seeing both fathers and mothers, men and women. And I think that's really the healthy place to be. And I'm glad, I'm glad I'm seeing that. And I see these fathers who are really interested and involved in coming to the stuff. Yeah, I, I think once you become hands-on and heart in, you can't do it alone. It, that 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 loneliness, um, or that isolation, or that how do I respond to these cultural forces that sort of mm, sometimes pick at my family, my child, or my well-being um, gets compromised. And so we need each other so much. But Carl. As you said, you did this during COVID. Um, so I didn't get to see you. And, and in your family choices, I didn't even get to see you in the outside family time classes. Um, that, how did you offset that? Yeah. Um, as, far as, uh, as far as myself, I made sure to keep in touch with a lot of friends who also were just starting families of their own. That helped. Uh, we have friends here in, in Boca that we knew for, for years now who are also young kids, same ages as ours. And my friends from high school also starting families at the same time. So whether it's group chats or, or group Zooms or just FaceTime or just really making a concerted effort to do that. Okay, um, wait, wait, wait. So what did you talk yeah. about? What, what, were the, what were those chat questions that would percolate up for the dads? Well, it was mostly about fantasy football, but... You know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we would, we would uh, discuss our, our challenges, you know, for the best, to the best of our ability as, as old friends, 
where, you know, we wouldn't get as much into the big emotional aspect of it, but we would say, you know, uh, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, camaraderie with the challenges we were facing. Yeah. I uh, mean, I'm asking it, cause I'm yeah. the only female on this podcast. So, you know, is it the dad fist bump? Like we're going to talk about <laughs> it, but not talk about it kind of is, was it that old, you know, how did you express vulnerability getting back to rabbis? Um, and how yeah. do dads express vulnerability to each other? If they do. Right. Right. Well, I'm also lucky that I have my brother here as well in Florida and I'm very close to my brother. Uh, he's not a father yet, but he kind of is getting a little crash course in, in what's going on. Uh, he's very hands-on with my kids. So I'm able to kind of commiserate with him, even though he's not exactly a father himself. Um, but yeah, meeting up with, with, with friends in the area, once a week or once a month going out for a meal and kind of talking about the challenges and commiserating is very valuable. Uh, you know, some of us are more vulnerable than others. Some of us are willing to share more than others. Uh, you know, I think men as a generality tend to be a little more tight lipped about these things, but, uh, just remember moms are listening so you can help them understand you. I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, a beer or two goes a long way. (laughs) You know, I just heard um, the last Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, the Seinfeld uh, series. And uh, he was with a woman named, I think, Allie uh, Wintwood. And um, she and her husband, who's George Stenophilus, they're good friends with the Seinfelds. And um, Jerry said, what do you talk about? You know, when he says to this woman, what do you talk about when you're with my wife or women? And she started to like list some of those things. And then Jerry said, you want, you know, you want to know what men talk about when they're together? Nothing. (laughs) Pretty much. And and he said, you know, men are, men are afraid to talk about the stuff that's happening inside of them to other men. So it's, yeah. No, I, I think that's accurate. You know, it's uh, we, we tend to be, you know, a little closed off, which is, you know, probably problematic. You know, I think, you know, Carl, like you said, with, with his brother, you know, I think we all probably have somebody it doesn't necessarily have to be male to male, you know, that you that you sort of confide in. That's probably not your spouse. Um, but I do think that, you know, as you find, you know, whether it's a you know friend or friend group of friends that you go out with or, or, or text with or Zoom with, whatever the case may be, that. You, know, you probably find that there's uh, a lot of commonalities, you know, amongst, you know, problems with your spouse, problems with your kids. You know, uh, most, most of my conversations with my friends are about, you know, my kids did this, my kids did that. You know, how, to, how did you approach it if this happened, you know, with, whether it was school or sports or, you know, dealing with them just as, as individuals. Um, you know, I think those conversations tend to come up. You know, you probably don't have necessarily as much of the, uh, you know, emotional conversations or, you know, you don't want to necessarily, you know, divulge if you're having problems with your spouse. You know, that's just, you know, something I think a lot of us probably keep internal, not necessarily, you know, just to, you know, generalize it as men, you know, women probably a little bit more apt to, to speak about that. I don't, I don't want to speak for women because I don't know, but um, in any event, you know, I, I think as, as fathers, um, you know, those conversations tend to come up with, uh, my, my kid was doing this and it, and it could just be simple as something, you know, like when Simon was potty training, you know, or all of them were potty training, you know, how did you handle, handle that, you know, aside from going to the guru uh, of Karen, but um, you know, how, how did you handle this situation? How do you handle that situation? You know, my, my kids in a slump in, in baseball, do you have anybody you would recommend? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's those kind of conversations, you know, where 
especially if you if you know somebody who's been through it you know i think carl your brother you know if he if he has children you'll know, probably appreciate the lessons you're teaching him i know you know going through uh you know i'm lucky to have a wonderful brother-in-law in, in kyle whiting um who has an older uh son uh than my kids and then has you know two children that are the same age as my kids and you know the some of the, the situations that he went through with with Aton and just having those conversations you know uh, at times you know so it, it it's helpful to have people that have gone through it you know and and you know, get their, their life experiences because nothing is better than, you know, I did this, don't do this. <laughs> you know, I did this and this worked. And, and, and those are the things that I think you learn. And then you go through your own situations and how did you learn with it? And how do you pass that on to, to somebody else that, you know, may or may not pick your brain for? I, I love it. And, and I know you guys aren't talking the way we're talking, but um, <laughs> I love the humor. I, I love the beers. Um, and I am grateful that so many of you have shared incredible questions, vulnerabilities, and, um, and the insanity when you have shared with us in classes. So thank you for all that you do share with us. So I have another, another question, because again, I'm the outsider on this. So I'm trying to figure out like, is there really a dad difference and a mom way? So my next questions, and Rabbi, you can come in wherever you want on this one, two sort of Jewish mom and general mom questions, and that is guilt and not feeling enough. As dads become more hands-on and involved, um, and you're there for the day-to-day -day parenting, do you have those same questions for yourself of, of and, and feelings of guilt and, and not enoughness? Rabbi, do you wanna say anything about that? Um, I'm not speaking from any place of expertise, nor am I speaking as a rabbi here. Just let me, let me reflect a little bit on that. I think men are, you know, generally speaking, are more um, risk-taking and value independence more. And I think that's almost part of our nature. And so I think that our willingness to let our, let our kids experiment or let our kids, you know, um, out in the world in a little different way. And I'm talking about even little kids in terms of risk behaviors. It could be climbing on a swing set or something like that. I think we have more tolerance for it than, um, than women do. And I also think, um, look, these guys both spoke about this attachment thing, you know, mama, 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 you know, 10 times before dada. So early on the boys, the, the men realized that, um, that their kids aren't attached in the same way as they are to a mother and they accept it. And the acceptance of that, I think, can help lead to greater independence than, the, than not only the, the rejection of that, but the need for it. You know, I, some mothers, as we know, need their kids to remain attached. And so this is a, so there is something we can teach in that. In that context. And the research supports that in the sense of for the, the risk-taking dads, and, and this is a struggle that I have for gender, is if you're going to take risks, you're going to learn how to make mistakes and grow from them. And mm -hmm. so that mistake-making alleviates the guilt of, oh, I should have done this, that second-guessing, that perfectionism, that we may teach boys or that a, a there might be a gender difference. It might be brain chemistry, so that in in the in a testosterone way, um, but there does yeah. seem to be a different a continuum of risk and mistakes. Um, Carl, no, you, yeah, go ahead, Rabbi. One second, Carl. So you're seeing, you know, 
a lot of helicopter moms, more so than helicopter dads, right? No? Uh, I find that there's going to be one parent who leans one way or the other and that we have some and and it could have to do with dads and daughters might be more protective than dads and sons there's a lot of oh, there, 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 it's it gets complicated but it's a continuum for both parents i think yeah okay carl yeah you, you know it's it's funny because i are together uh you know she's um the one that's more protective and i'm more you know go off and, and run a little bit further ahead than she may be comfortable with. Uh, and I always tell her, I always quote a Tom Petty line, which is as I worry about never happen anyways. Um, when it's just me with the kids and I'm the one that's responsible for them, I find that I'm a lot more on top of them than if, if she weren't there, uh, than if she was there. Uh, so uh, as far as guilt, I think, the biggest guilt I feel is for myself when I'm not paying enough attention to them and I know I should be. So I might be, you know, looking at something on my phone and, and I realize, Hey, there's this, there's this moment that I have with my children right now that I should be trying to be present and focused on them as opposed to an email I get or, you know, anything else. So that, that's, that's the guilt I feel when, when, uh, when, when I, think of myself as a parent is like, you know, there's so many distractions in the world. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and say, what's really important is just right here, right in front of me. Yeah. Rabbi, I'm going to see if you have any last questions. Um, my final wrap up question, uh, unless Rabbi has one, will be um, role models. Since we've got the sports um, world represented here, you know, how do you make those choices of, of that role model for the kind of dad you want to be and for your children's values? Um, and then we'll give, but Rabbi, any other questions you want to ask these amazing dads who I, I am loving this yeah. completely? No, I, I, I don't have more questions for them, like for this context. I, I, I'm impressed with both you guys, Jamie and Carl, and this, you know, both the seriousness and the sensitivity that you bring to it and your willingness to, to find the joy in it. Um, the role model question is a really, really good question. It, you know, it's, it, I was at the, the movies last Saturday night and I saw the film Dune and Dune is like, you, you know, it's science fiction and it's just filled, filled with like apocalyptic scenes and lots and lots of violence. And as you know, when you go to a film, the trailers you see before are all reflective of that same genre. So by the time the film started, I felt like I felt beat up. I felt like I was in a war zone. I had had enough. I saw, um, and and it, it it's disturbing to me in terms of the exposure to violence that our kids have. I know we live. There's a lot of violence in our world, but I don't think it means that we have to kind of reinforce it in that same way. I saw a film, and I want to recommend it to you guys and to everybody. It's called Come On, Come On. Have you seen it, anybody? Okay, it's the first film that I've seen in a long time, and it's with Joaquin Phoenix. It's the first film I've seen in a long time that truly gives voice to the child. And it's like, it grows both out of a child's innocence and inquisitiveness and a child's needs and a child's needs to also, not just in terms of where, where they're weak and have needs, but also to be able to put themselves out in the world in a, in a, in a strong way. And I highly, highly recommend everyone to see it. And I, 
when I saw it, I was like hopeful, maybe this will reflect some kind of a shift in our culture to begin to value, to begin to value different types of role, role models for people. So I highly recommend, come on, come on, C-M-O-N, C-M-O-N. Thanks, Rabbi. Carl, uh, the role models that you aspire to or for your children. Yeah, I was very lucky to have uh, many role models uh, growing up, uh, whether it was my dad, my grandfather, my uncle. Um, I got to see a lot about what it means to be a father and a man, whether it was uh, being charming and, uh, and personable and flashing your smile when you needed to get something from my grandfather, uh, <laughs> or whether it was um, leading by quiet example from my father, or whether it was, uh, you know, taking each day, living in the moment and just having a good time from my uncle. Uh, it was extremely valuable to me. And, you know, especially now, uh, my, my dad passed away when Max was only six months old and uh, it was right before COVID. So, uh, you know, I didn't have him to lean on in terms of asking questions or really, you know, saying, oh, how did you handle this situation or how did you handle that situation? Uh, but I know I've internalized all of that from having seen him as a dad for, you know, as long as I had him. Well, you know, he's cheering you on. Um, and great examples uh, yeah. of strength and charm. Jamie? <laughs> um, I, so I, I, I was a only child with a single mom. So I you know, was lucky enough to have uh, a wonderful grandfather in my life and, and two wonderful uncles. Um, so from a male role model perspective, those, those are the, the three men I, I aspire to be you know, every day of my life. Uh, and I'm lucky to still have one of my uncles here to uh, you know, give me a, a shining example. Um, for my children, you know, I have, a, 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 I think, a unique perspective on this because, like you said, sports world. So I'm, I'm around a lot of athletes, or I've been around a lot of athletes, around a lot of NFL players. Um, and I think my kids get a little bit of a healthy dose of, you know, it's, it's good to want to perform like these athletes. Um, you don't necessarily have to be like these athletes. It would be nice to make money like these athletes, uh, but you don't have to be necessarily the type of people that they are, not that they're all bad and not that they're all good, but, you know, it's not necessarily like someone you see on TV. And I hope they sort of understand that, that, you know, you're watching something or someone uh, do something for a living. That's not always necessarily who they are. Um, to be honest, the role model that I would love my children to be, and you know, this is coming from a father of three boys, is their mother, um, because she's the most amazing person that I've ever known. And I would say that if I was a married to her, um, you know, she's just uh, uh, she's 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 a professional. She works you know uh, more hours than she should. Um, so they see how hard of a worker she is. Uh, she's loving. She's caring. She's firm. She's disciplined. Disciplinarian. Um, you know, so she knows when to put her foot down. She knows when to uh, let them have fun. Um, you know, uh, I don't think she's a helicopter mom, but she has that in her. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I grew up, like I said, uh, with, with a single mom. So, you know, I know that you can be raised and have a mother as a role model and, you know, hopefully still be, you know, what I, I, I would hope people would classify as still a, a manly person, you know, if, if you want to put that stereotype on it. So um, the role model that, that I think, you know, I'd love my children to aspire to be is their mother, their grandmother, um, you know, so it's not necessarily a man to man or, you know, even, even to be like their father, uh, you know, if they have the traits of their mother, I think they would grow up to be, you know, wonderful human beings and, and, and offer a lot to this world. 
That's really beautiful, Jamie. Yeah. So actually, perfect. Actually, you, you brought a tear to my eye when you said it. Really, I'm, I'm going to go cry yeah. for the yeah. hope that yeah. I yeah. have for the world from you guys. Uh, you know, what, I just want to say one other thing. I think we have to be really careful with um, celebrity, you know, because um, celebrities are so much worshipped in our culture and our society. And some of them are just, it, it's just like there's some awful stuff happening. And so we really have to be able to, I think, react critically to it. And I say critically, I mean, we have to be able to give an, a kind of a, a rational judgment to it for our kids so that they don't go thinking that celebrity is what you have to be like, because they're a great, as Jamie said, they're, you know, they're wonderful models of, of sports, you know, figures who are incredible people. And then there's some really bad people that are great athletes. You know, we know both of those exist. That's true with celebrityhood also. So I well, think it, 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 it's also, Rabbi, you know, to tie in, you know, current events. Um, you could be a good person and have a bad moment, as, as Will Smith, you know, has, has shown us this week. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people would, would look at him and say bad person, um, you know, had a bad moment, you know, and, and, and maybe something that he would like to you know, have a redo on. Um, you know, I, I see it with athletes all the time. You know, I don't necessarily think, like I said, that they're bad people if they make a mistake. Uh, they just happen to have a spotlight shined on them that it's just magnified in such a different way. And a lot of the good things that athletes do isn't necessarily brought up uh, in conversation as much as it probably should be because those aren't the things that make headlines. Um, you know, my, my kids are lucky because they have that, you know, sort of perspective that's a little bit different. Um, they also have, uh, you know, they call him Uncle Jesse, but my cousin Jesse is uh, an actor, Jesse Eisenberg. He was, you know, probably most famously in uh, the social network, uh, Facebook movie. But, you know, they get a chance to see, you know, that side of he's just a, a normal person that doesn't necessarily have to have a camera on him to, to, to do something differently. You know, so you can you can sort of, I, I think, you know, show your children, you know, and, and this is not just children, you know, show anybody that. These are these are people that are are playing a character. They're they're playing a role. They're they're doing their job as as athletes. Um, you should certainly look up to them in whatever capacity you you want to, um, because they're in in some cases an athlete's perspective, but you know um, performers as well. They're doing superhuman things, um, and you can want to be like them in some some way, shape, or form. But you know if you have uh, you know strong parents, um, strong role models, you know whether it's a rabbi, whether it's a you know, a father, you know, uh, Carl, you gave three examples, I think, you know, that are, I'm sure, wonderful uh, for hopefully a lot of households, you know, father, grandfather, uncle, you know, all those things. Um, I'm sure you're probably kids now are looking at, at your your brother and saying, you know, that's a that's a, a wonderful person as well. Um, you know, Karen, I'm sure you have, you know, many wonderful role models as well. And, you know, I, I would say anybody that's been through family time, Karen is a role model, certainly for me, and I'm sure a lot of the, the parents as well. Um, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you see on TV that could be a role model. You know, you can have these conversations with your children and say, uh, your coach is your role model, your rabbi is your role model, your teacher is your role model, um, and learn something from them because I think that's something that's uh, a valuable lesson. You can learn something from anybody that's standing in front of you, te teaching you, talking to you, coaching you, uh, all those things, you know, so I hope uh, the kids I coach, you know, when they when they look back and I say, he taught me this, and and not necessarily from a role model perspective, just from, I learned something, and, and I can carry that with me in, in some way, shape, or form. You are my heroes. Um, thank you so much. I am so happy this was our final podcast of this season. And, and I hope these conversations continue because being together and making these connections mean everything. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Shabbat Shalom, guys. Thank you. Thank Shabbat Shalom. Thank you so much for listening today, for being part of this moment 
for being part of these Ahava connections and for trying to give a little Ahava to one another. Thank you to my co-host, Rabbi David Steinhardt, for always adding timeless wisdom and a meaningful connection to our world and to this podcast. Thank you, B'nai Torah Congregation, for being our community of support and a place to share with one another. You hold us together in a world that is too often pulling us apart. Thank you to Cantor Magda Fishman for your voice, your whistling, your song, and the soul that you bring to everything you do. If you don't know Cantor Fishman, please check her out at B'nai Torah Services. You will be transformed and inspired. Finally, thank you to the Jewish Federation of South Palm Beach County for helping to fund this Ahava podcast and Ahava Nature Shabbat. And to our Ahava Malahim, our angels, the families who also help underwrite these Ahava projects. For more information about B'nai Torah Congregation, the website is btcboca.org. You can also find me, Karen Deerwester, at FamilyTimeInc.com. Until next time, Shabbat Shalom, and give a little Ahava. Take care. When you give a little love, you'll see. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be. When you give a little Ahava, when you give a little love, you'll see this world a better place, a much better place to be. You'll make this world a better place, a much better place to be.